Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 6, Episode 26, Flirting with Disaster. Mary, what happened this week? Tara manipulates her way further into Kelly's personal life before she methodically starts to sabotage it. And it all starts at a bowling double date with David and not Dr. Greg. Yeah, so if we remember last week, we literally got the om- ominous music, Tara watching Greg and Kelly like outside talking and kissing and whatnot. She breaks the necklace that Kelly gave her, the beads or whatever go flying. Well, same thing happens, basically, minus the necklace and the opening scene. We get the same ominous music on the beach apartment, but this time, Tara is in Kelly's room, repeatedly listening to Kelly's answering machine message. Yeah, it's the outgoing message specifically, not anyone calling for Kelly. It's Kelly saying, like, hey, you've reached Kelly Taylor. I'm not here. Leave a message because Tara wants that inflection. Yes. She's like wanting to mimic her so much so that like then we see her at the mirror. And I have to point out something. There is a consistency with mirrors in this episode with Tara. Um, Not always, not every time, but when Tara, when we see the glimpses of her like quote unquote being bad, there's like two or three instances where she's in front of a window or a mirror. Yeah, that's a good point because I didn't. I saw it, but I didn't clock that it kept happening Mm -hmm. because, yeah, in this moment, she's in front of the mirror and then she goes out and interrupts Kelly and Greg's date, but then watches them through the window and you see her reflection Mm -hmm. as she's repeating the message to herself out loud. Yeah, exactly. I did think it was really interesting that, you know, she interrupts this date. She, like, stays a fraction too long which you know I feel like you can tell she's trying to like ruin the mood Mm -hmm. like I'm coming out while you're kissing and then I'm staying here so then you're gonna be like oh it's weird if we kiss again because she's right there exactly but not Dr. Greg asks Kelly like oh how's this going and Kelly freely admits she's like oh my roommates aren't thrilled but she's not staying forever and I just wanted to be like is she Kelly Is she not staying forever? Yeah, because, like, for all intents and purposes, we do not get an update in this episode about, like, how much longer Tara's going to stay. How long has it been? We can assume it's been maybe a week. But, yeah, we have no idea update on time frame. And I noticed this later in the episode. I don't think Tara does anything during the day like if Kelly's not hanging out with her I think she just sits on the couch and watches game shows which like I think so too you know there's nothing wrong with that necessarily but when you're crashing on somebody else's couch and their roommates who pay the rent are not thrilled about it like that's probably going to become a part of the conversation later yeah I mean you're thinking about like utilities being used food like you know beverages being consumed we already know that she drank the last of the juice last time so i mean yeah it's it's a problem it reminds me of gilmore girls when lane got kicked out of her house and had to go stay with rory at yale and she was great she was doing like so many good things helping the roommates out but at the end of the day she doesn't go to yale she you know 
wasn't, there was no reason for her to be there for an extended amount of time. Yeah. And, you know, when it's not like you don't have your dedicated space and you're like sleeping on the couch and just always there, like it really stands out to me that we just don't see Donna and Claire at home with them. Like, that they specifically yeah. separated them in this episode. For sure. And, yeah, I mean, Tara's being real insidious about things. Insidious is a good word. She's, yeah, she's, you can tell she's calculating. Like, mm-hmm. every, like you said a second ago about, like, you can tell she's doing it on purpose to, like, ruin the moment. It's like everything she's doing is, is becoming calculated and even at the peach pit which is where we see them next kelly and tara just grabbing a meal um hanging out and they're kind of just girl talking i guess about the upcoming date with dr not dr greg to bowling and kelly doesn't seem that thrilled about it but she essentially invites tara because you know she's i guess doing this like almost big sister type of thing and mm-hmm. not wanting to leave Tara out. But Tara immediately is like, no, I don't want to be a third wheel. Which is interesting that that's the game she's playing. Right? Yeah, I was thinking about that. Like, calculated is such a good word. Because she's very clearly sabotaging. But she's being so smart about it to be like, no, I'm not going to interrupt your date. I'm not going to be a third wheel. I didn't mean to step out and get in the middle of your kiss. It's yeah. those it's the small things of like staying a fraction too long and then you know demanding to switch teams while they're bowling to like get that alone time with Dr. Greg. Right. Uh I also Tara asks where the bathroom is in the peach pit, so I guess this is her first time at the peach pit. I guess so. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, I guess I'm just used to like everybody being at the peach pit, so I'm surprised I didn't notice it. That was what got me is, like, it's a small detail that probably doesn't mean anything, but I was like, it's another thing where, like, Kelly's not bringing her to do things with the friends. Like, they're not just going to hang out at the peach pit with everybody. Right. They're only going this one time together and, you know, spending a lot of time on their meal order, which I guess is how Nat got into the episode. Yeah, that was weird. (laughs) The whole ordering. Yeah. Yeah. I was almost yeah. thinking Nat was going to be like, okay, who's paying for this? Kind of like I'm observing something. But, yeah, nothing came of it. It was just like an order. <laughs> yeah, it was just very specifically getting like yogurt and a chopped salad or something. Mm-hmm. Which I still really want to see a peach pit menu. Me too. Like it does remind me of when Andrea had to do the review of the peach pit and the menu is just like too much. Yeah. <laughs> But while Tara is in the bathroom, David shows up. And then this is when Kelly invites David Bowling to be Tara's date. And, like, it's all immediately up. Like, Tara comes back from the bathroom. David asks her to go bowling with him. And Tara's like, this is a setup, but okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, let's like let's clearly lay this out. Um, and also, I thought it was kind of weird that David was very much like, no, no, I will only go with her if, like, she knows that this isn't real Mm. or something I don't know yeah it made me wonder if they were they were trying to set something up between David and Tara and like I don't know what it would be Mm -hmm. 
but it did make me wonder of like, is this going to be part of the thing? Like Tara is supposed to leave, but instead she gets David to date her and then moves in with him and it gets mm. weird. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I couldn't figure it out. And I mean, that doesn't happen in this episode. So it's just one of my wild guesses. <laughs> and in this storyline, we jump forward at to the date where Tara is again borrowing Kelly's clothes. Mm-hmm. And then pretty immediately kind of jumps to awkward conversation with someone about their brother to be like, I haven't been on a real date in so long. When do you sleep with a guy? Yeah, literally she's like, hey, when should I sleep with a guy? I mean, your brother that I'm going out with tonight. Yeah. And so like, um, like she even has like kind of a reaction. Um, but like, yeah, she ends up saying like, I don't know. Like, I guess it's just when you feel right or whatever. Like she immediately felt awkward about the question. Yeah, but then what does she say? She's like, well, I sleep with a guy when I can't wait anymore. And Mm -hmm. with not Dr. Greg, I can't wait anymore. Yes, and then she gets, like, she goes out of the room, and this is, again, a mirror moment when Tara looks in the mirror, and she says, Greg, I can't wait anymore, like, trying to, again, mimic Kelly. See, I missed this one. Like, I remember seeing it, but I missed this in the pattern of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's so creepy. So creepy. And I did notice every time she's in the mirror, she does that, like, little side smirk that she does, Mm -hmm. which I think is supposed to be the thing to be like, yeah, I'm totally nailing this. Yeah. Like, her demeanor, almost confidence changes. Like, that's why I'm literally thinking, like, okay, this might be a separate personality kind of situation. Yeah, I can see that where, like, yeah, Tara as Tara, not confident, Tara pretending to be Kelly, very confident because that's what she thinks Kelly is. Exactly. Which also I feel like kind of goes to show that she doesn't know who Kelly is. Yeah. At all. Totally. But, I mean, Kelly's really good at putting on this, like, outward appearance and like really I guess good flirting on dates because there's a moment with Tara and David that I don't care about they were bowling but then we go to Kelly and Greg and Kelly who you know is looking at Greg physically is just like you have incredible hands you should be a surgeon (laughs) and of course because he's literally in med school training to be a doctor he's like lost the plan I know Oh, Greg. Like, I need them all to date outside the friend group, but then I feel bad for the people outside the friend group that get caught up in this. Like, Greg didn't ask for this. No. Well, and I think it would be different if he was a little bit more interesting and the, (laughs) like, circumstances by which they got together were better. You know, like, if it wasn't Mm -hmm. a doctor-patient situation or, I guess, med-doctor-in-training-patient situation, like, it... Just have them meet at the store, like at Blockbuster. Like when yeah. they were at Blockbuster, just have a meet cute there. I don't know. They both reach for the same video. Yeah. They reach. What did they say at the thing at the Blockbuster? I don't even. It doesn't matter. I don't but, remember. Yeah. Like, I think the other problem with Greg is that I keep seeing Josh Peck. <laughs> yes. And so I keep waiting for him to be funnier than he is, and he's not. <laughs> No, he's very, like, plain dry toast. Yeah, yeah. Which, hey, somebody for everybody, he's going to make 
not Kelly, very happy one day. Honestly, Kelly might need plain dry toast for a yeah, little while. Yeah, that's kind of what Joe is to Donna, you know, exactly. a little bit, but he's exactly who she needs after Ray, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, so like after a cult and Colin and a drug problem and her dad and all of this stuff put together, like Kelly could use some toast. That's true. She needs a little fiber in her diet. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. She hasn't been eating carbs for like Ugh, years. I know. She could use some fiber. God. But anyway, at the bowling alley, like, so I guess we don't know who wins the first game, but now here comes Tara again with her calculated plan. Now they want to do like Kelly and David against Tara and Greg. Mm-hmm. Immediately when they do separate into teams, she's very touchy with Greg, like very, again, kind of imitating Kelly. Mm-hmm. And being flirty and touchy with Greg. So I'm like, mm, this feels wrong. Yeah, this got me because, yeah, she immediately, like, hangs on his arm. And I feel like you can see it in his face of, like, this is not okay. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't exactly stop it. And then, like, you know, they break off before it gets too weird. Like, we cut away from it. But – yeah. It's that same thing where, like, she's doing the calculated move, but then it doesn't go long enough for, like, anyone to be, like, something's wrong with Tara. Exactly. And he – for, we forgot to mention that earlier, like, right at the end of Kelly and Greg's date that Tara ruined – not ruined. She didn't ruin the date. She just ruined the goodnight kiss. But mm-hmm. when Greg was asking Kelly how things were going, he actually does mention, like, oh – you know, you're really, this is really nice of you to allow Tara, like, to stay here for so long because he he said something where he was like, people wouldn't usually do that for somebody Mm -hmm. they barely know. I think he calls her a stranger. And she's like, she's not a stranger. But you could see, like, he's kind of thinking, like, I don't know that this is, like, the right call, but I don't know why. Like, and, and maybe he just landed on, because she's a stranger instead of like thinking logically like oh no they like bonded in in rehab and they shouldn't be so close like you know it's like he's working it out in his head and now especially during the bowling game like he's like huh this is this is weird too yeah but i think because she insisted that they're getting close and it's not weird yeah that like, that's why what happens after bowling happens, why right. it works out. Because, you know, the bowling game ends, Kelly and David lose. And so Kelly wants a rematch, but she wants a rematch, like, playing darts at, like, the student union or whatever. But while she and David have walked away, you know, Tara tells not Dr. Greg that Kelly is hooked on him and that she needs, like, She's like, oh, yeah, I am setting my limit with guys, and I'm not going to do anything with David because that's not right for me in my recovery. But Kelly has not learned that lesson, and she has told me privately that y'all are getting too intense, and it's making her feel like she's on the edge of relapsing. Exactly. And so you, like, now you almost see Tara's plan fully Mm -hmm. realized because before she was trying to be a little bit, like, self-deprecating like oh I hate being a a third wheel like you guys would have so much more fun like da 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 it was all a play to get 
her invited as long as there was someone else to be invited with her so she wasn't a third wheel. And the reason she wanted to be invited was because if Kel- if it's just Kelly and Greg out on their dates, then, like, no big deal. Like, mm-hmm. but she can't talk to Greg. She can't put this plan into action. She can't split them up. Now that she's invited, she can talk to Greg. She can manipulate the situation. She can change things. Like, so calculated, so smart. And, you know, dark. Not Dr. Greg. <laughs> That's I'd, our like, most common slip-up is calling him a doctor. He's, he's banking on that. <laughs> he's not a doctor. I'm a med student. Yeah. But not Dr. Greg. Like, uh, literally upon hearing this from Tara, you know, Kelly and David show back up. Kelly wants to keep the night going. She's doing her, like, flirty thing. And Dr. Greg is like, actually, we have to end the night. I have early rounds. I'm going to take you home. Yeah. And he does ask David to take Tara home, which is funny because they're going to the exact same place. Exactly. Yeah, I thought the same thing. But the first thing we see is Tara and David. Like, David's walking Tara to the door, and she thanks him for the fun night and is like, oh, but I just want to be friends. And, you know, I'm not your type anyway, which, again, like, I feel like something is happening here and I can't put my finger on it. But because Mm -hmm. she's been so specific in her actions – with Kelly and not Dr. Greg, I feel like there's something there. And I almost like kind of hate David's reaction because it, he makes it seem like, yeah, I never was expecting there to be anything between it. You know, like he, he, he almost had this kind of like, oh, I'm better than you attitude when it came to that. But once she's done saying exactly what she says, he kind of also gets this look on his face where he's like, what the heck? Like, he doesn't fully understand what just happened. But something felt off, you know? Yeah. And to be fair, I feel like they make David really smart sometimes. But then, other like, it is totally believable to me that he would just be like, what just happened? Yeah. And then not think anything else of it. Yeah, just I can, walk I can away. See that for David. Yeah, he has no then, reason to believe like anything is up. Yeah, and then maybe in a couple weeks when it's like right on the edge of it coming out with everybody else, that's when David finds it first. Yep, because well, like, he's, he's had not- this one experience. Mm-hmm. And so in like three weeks, he's going to be like, oh, "Tara's manipulative." Wait a minute. <laughs> but not now. Yes, and so David leaves. Um, while they're talking, Greg and Kelly are talking inside and yeah, Kelly wants to put some coffee on, continue the night. Greg says he has early rounds and now all of a sudden is like, well, hang on. Like maybe we're taking things too fast. Maybe Mm -hmm. we should cool things off until Kelly gets back on her feet, is ready to be in a relationship. Basically repeating what Tara told Greg. Yeah. And, you know, Kelly picks up, she's like, oh. That's what you're doing here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he tries to, like, I guess hug her goodbye. I don't really know what the hug was. I kind of missed a second of this. But she pushes him away, and it's just like, you should just leave. And then we see Tara, who's still outside, watching them through the window, just going, like, yes. Exactly. Yeah. So that's – this is, like, confirming the whole, like, as long as Tara is present, 
She can manipulate the situation. She can Mm -hmm. manipulate things with Kelly, but not Greg if she's only with Kelly. And then she can manipulate things with Kelly and Greg if she's with Greg. Like, yeah, it was just like, she's literally just thinking, I need to get in the room and then I can just like fuck shit up. Yeah. And like, literally, the next morning, she's in the room fucking shit up. Yeah. (laughs) Because like, it's so funny. Like, she wakes up on the couch. Kelly is, like, all dressed up. She has errands to run. She has therapy at the hospital or, you know, an appointment with a doctor. I assumed it was therapy. Yeah. And Tara's like, oh, what happened with Dr. Greg last night? Like, she doesn't know. Right. And she gets Kelly to tell her that she's having second thoughts. Like, she's like, well, I was so confused last night because, you know, we were all great. And then all of a sudden he's like this. And now I don't know what to do. And da 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 Maybe I can talk to him when I go to my session later. Mm-hmm. And Tara's being like, quote unquote, supportive friend. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Da da da. But then and she leaves. Yeah. <laughs> so she gets the phone book out. And I sat there for a minute and I was like, who is she calling? Because mm-hmm. it could be anything. It was like, it could be as like, diabolical as calling the hospital and being like Kelly is coming in I'm her roommate she's trying to hurt herself don't let her leave kind of a Mm, thing yeah and then she called a florist and I was like a florist yeah see I thought she was going to call Greg Mm. impersonating Kelly because she had been listening to the answering machine message like all that stuff I was like oh she's gonna call Jackie or she's gonna call Greg she's gonna call somebody and impersonate um Kelly but yeah, she called a florist, and I'm like, huh, okay. And then she says two bouquets and wants one of them to delivered to be delivered to Greg with a note. These flowers are the best way that I can think of. Sorry, that was terrible reading. I'm going to bust that That was perfect. Up. Do it again. These a little flowers, more husky. Oh, God, I can't do a husky <laughs> to save my life. These flowers are the best way that I can think of to tell you not to call me anymore. Regards, Kelly. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. The most Kelly Taylor sentence I've ever heard, honestly. Right? Like. A thing she would absolutely say. She would definitely say regards. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kelly knows calligraphy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel very confident in that. And then but, she says the second bouquet is delivered to Kelly, and we don't hear a note this time. So I just assume there's no note. Yeah, I knew there was going to be a note, but I was like, they're waiting because they're going to, like, do the slow reveal on us later. That's fair. That's so fair. I looked up, you know, I did my usual, like, go to the, you know, blogs to make sure I didn't miss anything. And I went to IMDb, and I, I think it's on IMDb, either IMDb or the wiki for this episode is, like, Tara orders flowers, but has no money to pay for them. And that's Good the, point. that's the like goof of the episode. Oh yeah. I didn't think twice about it. I just thought like, okay, she's ending the thing. We don't hear the payment portion because that's not good TV. <laughs> and like, as soon as I read that, I was like, Kelly totally left a credit card for emergencies. Yes. Or like, well, I guess cash wouldn't really work. Like, you know, moms Mm -hmm. used to leave us pizza money and stuff, but man, remember when our moms would leave us pizza money on the fridge? (laughs) What if she billed them to the recipient? 
<laughs> they burn. show up to Greg and are just like ten dollars, please. You're you're an almost doctor. You can afford it. <laughs> Tip not included. Yeah. Oh my god, that would make me so happy. Okay, so Kali, Kali, God, I'm like mixing Colin and Kelly for some reason because my notes right before that said Colin. Um, anyway, Kelly gets to the hospital. I assume she like had her session. She did her thing. And now she goes to like, I guess the nurse's station or the receptionist's desk or whatever. And she asks for Greg. So this lady, um, nurse, admin, not sure who, but she Mm -hmm. goes back to this other room, I guess employees only situation. And presumably Greg is back there because then she comes back and says that he doesn't want to see her. And yeah, I'm just imagining Dr. Greg just like bouncing his knee. Like he's sitting on a chair, bouncing his knee. Like, I want to go see her, but I can't see her. I want to go see her. Joyce, what do I do? Like literally like maybe this nurse is his friend or something. (laughs) He's got the note in his hand and she comes back and she's like, Kelly Taylor is here to see you. And he's like, looking at the note she's like mm-hmm. you can't see her she asked you not to see her yeah look at what she wrote you greg you're a doctor you're smarter than this i'm not a doctor i'm a med student <laughs> but then okay so she writes this note that is like we can't see each other anymore and then immediately shows up like you have to wonder about the timing because like has greg received the flowers yet we don't actually know because that would have been a cool. Well, I guess it could be a decent turnaround, but mm-hmm. I, Kelly's doesn't get to her until she gets home conveniently. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. Like maybe he didn't even get the flowers yet. She tries to see him and he's like, no, no. After like the, what happened last night, we just need to not see each other. Mm-hmm. And then he gets the flowers and he's like, I took it too far. Yeah. Like maybe his constitution is just so high. But he's like, no, I, I got to stay true to my word. I told her I would not see her. <laughs> well, and honestly, though, that's actually believable because Tara did say, like, she's hooked on you, meaning like she was hooked on cocaine, right? Like, he's probably thinking as an almost doctor, well, if she's exhibiting signs of an addiction or, you know, addicting behavior, I literally cannot, like, do this. Mm-hmm. so it makes sense it wouldn't no I think that's fair and I think you know as as of now with what we've seen on the show like it is open to interpretation yeah either he got the flowers and is respecting her wishes or he didn't get the flowers yet is thinking about what Tara said last night and then gets the flowers and is like okay that's like grave is dug we are done yeah for sure the next scene is when Kelly's flowers show up and Tara is just like, oh, my God, read the note. Who's it from? Doing so well. Being like a double crosser. I don't know what to call her. <laughs> but, yeah, she just, like, she reads the note. And it's funny that they do it as it sounded like a voiceover, you know, like she did ADR or something. Um, because it sounded like it was recorded and not actually spoken. Mm-hmm. But you have to think it was, right? I mean, it had to have been. Yeah. But yeah, it's quote unquote Greg breaking up with her. And I I think that's it for them. Like, whatever Tara's plan is, it is in full motion and it is working. Yeah. But like, 
is this step one of three? Is this step one of a 42-step elaborate plan to become Kelly? Yeah, like our, I think that's a great question. Like, what is the end game here? Like, whether or not it takes three or 42 steps, like, what ultimately, what is Tara trying to do? Is she, like, literally trying to become Kelly? Is she trying to push everyone away from Kelly so it can just be her and Kelly? Like, what? That's what we're trying to find out. And we're, like, you know, going at a steady pace for the finale. So we only have so many episodes left to actually figure out what that plan is. All right. Oh, my gosh. What if it ended on, like, a season cliffhanger of whatever's going to happen to Kelly? Ooh. I wouldn't Because, like, that. I originally thought, like, okay, she's isolating Kelly to, like, get her away from everyone. But that has literally been Kelly's last two stories. Like, mm-hmm. I just find it hard to believe it's going to happen a third time in a row. Right. That's a fair point. Because, like, yeah, she moved out of the beach apartment to join the cult. She moved out of the beach apartment to go do coke with Colin. She can't move out of the beach apartment to go live exclusively with Tara. Like, people are going to catch up. They're going to be like, fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Okay, I'll learn it next time. But, yeah. like, three times? I'm smart than that. you, Taylor. <laughs> as soon as she moves out is when David will be like, wait a minute. I got it. (laughs) But yeah, we don't know. We don't know where it's going yet. All we know is that Greg is presumably out of Kelly's life. The roommates do not care for Tara and didn't even appear in this episode with Tara. Mm -hmm. And that Tara has been trying to learn Kelly's inflection. To, To be determined what happens next. But until then, what else happened this week, Mary? Val helps mend Colin's years-long estranged relationship with his blind veteran and evidently alcoholic and abusive father. I <laughs> I really thought you were just going to say Val helps men. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> That's heard, basically it. She doesn't spend any money mean, this week, though. That's true. Except to buy the ingredients to make that lasagna. But that could have just been a normal shopping trip. And she was planning to make lasagna all along. Because, you know, that this girlfriend is, or whatever she is, she's not a bad cook. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Hated every moment of this storyline. Yeah, it was really bad. so many reasons. Like, okay, so his father just shows up at his yes. apartment, which... Like, if they haven't spoken in years, that means that Colin's mother acknowledges that he and his father have a really bad relationship and is just giving out his address to people that he doesn't want to know where he is. Right. First of all. And also telling them his business because his mom is the one that tells his dad, spoiler alert, what's going on with his legal troubles. Right. And also, like, I just had a thought, too. Like, we don't actually know how old Colin is, I don't think. hmm Or do we? Like, did we learn that at one point? Because I feel like there's been a pretty clear pattern of having, you know, pretty significantly older people involved dating the gang. Mm-hmm. Not by like 10 years or anything, but I'm thinking, you know, like three to five years. And I think that's where I would put him. So go with me here. Check my math. I Googled the Vietnam War, okay, which ended in April of 1975. So at the earliest, Colin was born pre-1975, or I guess at the latest, because 
His mm-hmm. dad comes home from the war, then his mom immediately divorces him. And I'm going to assume that they didn't get pregnant and then she divorces him because he was a shitbag when he came home. Like, I'm going to assume Colin existed pre him leaving for Vietnam War. Okay. So if he was born pre-1975, we'll say like 1974, and it's 1996, that would mean like at a minimum he's 22. So he's at least like a couple years older than Kelly is what I'm going to guess. Yeah, and I can I can see that. I, I believe it. My whole point to even asking was just like you're saying like, you know, his mom's telling his dad about his business or whatever. It's like, yeah, he's not a child and he's not mm-hmm. in college. He's been living on his own albeit with sugar mamas wherever he goes. But, you know, in New York, he was by himself, you know, now here. So clearly, yeah, like it would, it doesn't sound like he really has a relationship with either of his parents. And so it would be interesting. Like how did, I guess, Colin told his mom? I mean, I guess so. Like, I don't, it does seem like it would be weird that he would have a relationship with his mom that we haven't heard about. But Mm -hmm. the only reason we heard about his dad when he told Kelly was because obviously the man was going to show up. Right. But then we find out that he's never mentioned his dad to Val because she is in like a complete state of shock and she keeps feeding him lasagna because she doesn't want to do with him and then says like, Colin's never mentioned you to me before. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, he wouldn't. I haven't talked to him in five years or seen him. We don't know that he hasn't talked to him. We just know he hasn't seen him. And then it's just a very uncomfortable set of scenes where Colin and his dad clearly have a lot of history. His dad is a drunk. They are all very mean to each other. Like Colin Mm -hmm. gets physical with his dad. His dad gets physical back. And for some reason, Val is insistent that he has to be in a relation, like he has to have a relationship with his dad. And that is what always tells me that like parents wrote these episodes, not like kids with, you know, this was written by a different generation than the generation that is on the screen. Well, yeah. And I think too, to, I guess maybe play devil's advocate, like Valerie doesn't get a second chance with her dad. And I know that definitely comes into it. Yeah. So like, yeah, like maybe in Valerie's, I don't want to say blinded and being insensitive because I literally don't mean that. I mean like Valerie is almost blinded by, her desire to have a second chance with her dad or at least to like talk about things again you know talk to him Mm -hmm. one more time and so she's probably seeing it from that lens and that lens only Mm -hmm. despite the way that Colin is being treated because for all intents and purposes we also don't know what kind of man Val's dad was right yeah so she also could just have this like like this romantic kind of idea in her head that even though your dad sucks he can be better if you just stay in his life or something like that. Yeah. I mean, there is definitely something in Val's personal life and her history with her father that affects the way that she talks to everybody about their fathers. Mm-hmm. I just, when you see the way that the two act to each other, they say they yeah. haven't talked in years. Like, and the way that his dad gets drunk and says things to him, like, you got a w- good woman here. I'm sure you'll screw it up. Mm-hmm. Like, if I witnessed that with, like, anybody's parent in them, I wouldn't be like, you guys should have a close relationship. It's going to be worth it. Trust me. Yeah. Like, it seems like it's years and years, like, albeit, you know, minus five years where they didn't communicate. But 
sounds like it's years of abuse um, and years. It does seem like Colin tends to maybe take up for himself, though, because mm-hmm. of the way he reacted here. Or this could have been a new thing, you know, because he's like five years removed. So he's like, no, I'm I'm grown now. You can't have this effect on me. Um, but yeah, he like immediately like grabs his dad, yells at him to not put him down, mm-hmm. which well, is, he's I like- thought was interesting. Yeah, he yells at him to, like, not put him down. He's like, I don't have to hear your stories anymore. Like, I don't have Mm -hmm. to put up with this anymore. And Val has to break it up. And, like, it just bothers me how mean everybody gets to each other. And Val is just insistent that she's right, that they need to have the relationship. And, you know, I know this is, like, not necessarily personal experience, but, like, you know, this is me as a kid and especially in like 2022 when people are like you don't have to have your like biological family you have your found family and like Mm -hmm. you know not everything has to be you do it because of your parents they gave birth to you it's your mother you just do it like that was a little personal I might cut that out no I mean (laughs) it but it's true it's 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 one of the toughest things to do because you think about it in terms of people in your life that are not blood related to you. If they're toxic and you're in a toxic relationship with them, cut them out, you're done. Mm -hmm. But with family, it makes it a lot harder to do because they are blood, because you either have spent tons of time with them throughout your life or you literally lived with them for 18 years of your life, whatever the situation may be. It's so much harder to not only identify that it is a toxic relationship, but then cut it out in whatever form that way is in some mm-hmm. cases some extreme cases it really does mean like no I'm I'm literally not going to talk to this person anymore whatsoever but in other cases it's like you still open lines of communication because you're a family and that just makes it that much more complicated yeah and I think the thing is Colin's on the first side of that where he's like I didn't live with him for all this time I'm not having a relationship with him now and then Val's like but he is your blood relative like mm-hmm he deserves to have a relationship with you and you should have a relationship with him. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, the next morning, cause dad is so drunk that Val is like, he can't go anywhere. Like he has to stay here. And the next morning, you know, she goes out, she runs errands, whatever. She comes back and Colin's dad is out walking the dog and Colin is angry painting. I wrote the same thing. Colin is angry painting. (laughs) (laughs) Which, like, you know, that's how he gets his aggression out. Like, when I get really upset, I have to, like, physically remove myself and go for a walk. When Colin gets upset, he paints. Mm -hmm. Like, I understand this reaction of, like, I need to physically do something to, like, get the energy out. For sure. And then Val wants to talk about his dad and – she says, like, oh, you need to repair this relationship. Like, I don't remember her exact words. But then Colin says, you know, Valerie, for a smart girl, sometimes you say a lot of dumb things. And I think it's, uh, it's like, maybe not immediately after, or maybe it is immediately after, she, like, says, like, like father, like son. Like, she calls mm-hmm. him out on being exactly like him in his verbal abuse. Like, I do wonder, you know, how – how much Colin and his dad were in each other's lives period Mm -hmm. like after he lost his eyesight because I would imagine 
being physically abusive wasn't as he probably wasn't doing that as much as he was the verbal abuse mm-hmm. um now i could be totally wrong because there could be a whole complex about that but you you clearly see now they actually have done a good job now seeing his dad making colin have the same types of type of reaction to things like getting like having a really really short fuse and the things that he says to not just people in his life but people who care about him and express their you know love for him Mm -hmm. it makes so much sense yeah i mean even think about how many times he says he doesn't care about kelly and then val's friends like Mm -hmm. he has been hurt by people in his life and so he has learned that behavior and then been like well i can't trust them because people are mean right and like it just upsets me because they're just they're so mean to each other and it's clearly a bad situation but they're insistent that this is going to work out and it's kind of the same thing that happened with rush and steve like a couple episodes ago where rush was just like this garbage man to steve and then steve stood up for himself and rush was like actually i'm your father and now they're good yeah like his dad comes back in and is like i'm here because your mom told me about your legal problems we thought like i came to help you and then he turns to leave and val is like if you let him go i'm going to which is terrible on so many levels because number one like as his girlfriend his support system, his only support system. You don't just leave a guy when, or I guess if, he's also losing his parents in the same day. Like, that is just not, like, it's not what you do. And then number two, it's like, she's fighting for the wrong person here. Like, mm-hmm. she's fighting for his dad. She's not fighting for Colin. So, Yeah. This, this, I mean, I've never liked the Colin Valerie dynamic, but definitely not after this. I mean, this is so clearly like the point of this story is not Colin and Val, it's Colin and his dad. And mm-hmm. they are so clear about it. And like, it just bothers me because I don't think it's fair that like people are forcing Colin to have a relationship with his dad who has clearly been abusive his whole life. And then like they're just fine because mm-hmm. literally, like, Colin goes after him, takes him to the pee pad to see Kelly's New York, and then they have some, like, touching moment where his dad is like, oh, my God, your art is so good. Joke about making sure the check clears. And then, like, every lifetime has a bit of rain. This is just your rainy season. I would have loved for Colin to be like, um, Dad, I'm a Leo. Or like, you know, something, <laughs> something horoscope, or not horoscope, something astrological, just for shits and gigs. <laughs> Gosh, dad, I'm a fire sign. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was just such a hokey thing to say and clearly not something that fixes anything at all. But and yet it did. Only, yeah, it's like the only thing he has. And later on like we don't know whatever happens to his dad like we don't know if he left or if he's at the apartment just not in the room we don't we don't know where he went no I do think I do think he left because Colin makes this comment of like he's with me now in a different like in a way he's never been before right but like he said he's with me so he was or he is 
I think it's you was <laughs> because like I I swear Val says something like, oh, he didn't say goodbye. And he's like, no, it's not his style. He's not here. He's not sticking around. Ah, well, like, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, we got closure, but not the right closure. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, because like they're sitting on the countertop drinking wine and Colin is just like talking about how amazing his father is. And like, weirdly, like this is a good scene between Colin and Val in like, you know, their their relationship is always like she's paying for things for him and feeling jealous of him and Kelly, which is a totally valid thing to feel jealous about. And he's being a mean person. And then like we finally get this one snippet where they're just being normal people and not like reminiscing about the stars in Iceland or whatever. (laughs) Like they're actually being in the moment with each other and caring and having a conversation because Val also says like, Oh, I miss my dad every day. Mm -hmm. And like, that's what we end on with the two of them, which like, yeah, weirdly the storyline worked out, but I think it was bad and I don't like it. The only thing I liked about the storyline and maybe I'm wrong, but it does seem like they chose an actually blind actor to play Colin's dad. So I was very like, that was the only thing that was good to me. Cause I'm like, Oh good. Like don't have a person that's in the dis- disabled community. Like, like have somebody from that community. Don't just like play somebody and put it on. Yeah. Which I actually was wondering that too. And I forgot to look it up. So if this man actually is blind and playing a blind character, like, insanely progressive for the 90s and like 90210 did that and that's pretty cool well now i have to look it up i really hope we're not wrong oh no oh no wrong (gasps) didn't we also have another blind person before that wasn't blind was that david's piano teacher wasn't it the no it wasn't the cult leader was it the cult leader no 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 no, he wasn't leader he was he was in a wheelchair. wheelchair Yeah, and we know fun Bobby was in a wheelchair, (laughs) but then stopped being in a wheelchair when he was Johnny Five. Right. Yeah. He's not blind. Dang, well, he did a good job making me think he was No, David, blind girl, piano. Yeah, yeah, blind piano teacher. I, like, had to yank that from the depths of my memory. (laughs) It was, I think he was dating Donna at the time. And he, like, fell in love with the piano teacher, and she was like, no, you're in love with the music or something. Yep. yep. Like, I remember this, but I do not remember her. Oh, Wait, no, I don't hold know. Hold on. Hold on. It's starting to come back. <laughs> she was the one. They would, like, go to the peach pit, and she was like, oh, I want sugar for my coffee. And he would go to get it for it. And she's like, no, just tell me where it is on a clock so I can do it myself. Yes. Okay. Good call. Good call. Yeah. So – Par for the course for 90210, hiring fully abled actors to play differently abled characters. Man, that makes me mad because, like, I legitimately (laughs) thought he was blind. And that was going to be my, like, silver lining to the storyline. Well, now I hate it more. It's so bad. You know what? Silver lining? There was a dog. There was (laughs) a dog. And her name is Heidi. And I love that. I loved her. Me too. But like literally everything else. (laughs) Everything else was trash. Like I don't think that Val should have inserted herself in this conversation. 
I don't think his dad should have been here. Like, I feel like Colin should have had every right and the, the ability to turn his dad away if that's what he wanted. And then I don't think anybody should have been as mean to each other as they were. Every single one of them was very mean to each other out of, like, emotional distress. Yeah. So my question for this story is, when's Colin going to jail? Well, he has to plead guilty first. But we know he's not <sighs> going to trial. So well, could be fast. He wants to go to trial, but... Yeah, he's definitely not going to trial. Like, nobody in their right mind would take his case. I feel like the lawyer should be like, I'll take him to trial if he comes to a meeting. Yeah. Like, all that bitch has to do is show up. Show up, yeah. But no, I we've already had a court case on this episode, or on this uh, season, even, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Like, they're Jokes. not doing it again. Yep. Let's get to the, let's get to the fun part of, of the episode. Well, I should say the less boring <laughs> part. Yeah, Mary. What does everyone else do this week? The rest of the gang, Bruzen, Cleve, and Jonna or Doe, go camping and meet some Canadians to fight about. Canadians, eh? Yeah. We got, well, we'll get there. I got a quote. Brandon, again, his his writing was on fire, so... I wrote barely nothing about the other two storylines. I easily wrote two pages just wow. on this one. Like, Not me, man. Because I still wrote very little. <laughs> it's all quotes. Like, Yeah, that's fair. It would be like five seconds of like, <laughs> my, first, my first note is, oh my God, another camping trip? These always go so well for Brandon. <laughs> yeah. Specifically for Brandon. Very specifically for Brandon, like in the same way that last episode they were like, Steve just shouldn't throw parties anymore. Brandon should not go camping or on road trips. 100%. Like Brandon should stay home in some bubble wrap. Not even if they take a Dodge Caravan. I loved it. I was like, check out the Dodge. Like literally it was like such almost felt like product placement. It really did. Also, did you notice they were packing up at the peach pit? Did you notice Nat in the background, like, waving goodbye to them? (laughs) Yes. And, like, why were they getting everything ready at the peach pit? I have to assume they stopped and, like, bought unprepared food for him or, like, you know, pre-seasoned meat or something. That's fair. But I was just like, what got cut here? Like, was there supposed to be something of, like, now, boys, you behave? Right. (laughs) Which – they immediately don't do because they stop at a roadside stand for, you know, fruit and whatnot. And Steve starts staring at these women who are trying to change a tire. And then Brandon and Joe are like, oh, what, what's that? And it's <laughs> poor little Joe. Like, he is just <laughs> so bad at this. He was just like, I should go help too. <laughs> and what's funny is he's probably like the most like physically fit person of the bunch like no offense to Brandon and Steve they have wonderful physiques for who they are but like I immediately noticed when they were like jogging over Joe's pecs like his (laughs) defined pecs and his little rolled up gray t-shirt and I was like huh is this the first time I'm noticing Joe (laughs) well and like he's he's fit for a reason he plays football like he probably is actually like dexterous and like 
I'm sure Brandon and Steve know how to change a tire, but like sure. Joe can yeah. actually do it. Joe can lift the tire. <laughs> <laughs> Joe is probably over on the side, like flipping the tire while they're trying to change right? it. He's like, no, this is a great workout. <laughs> yeah. I got my new pacemaker. Let's test this puppy out. <laughs> I also, in my two pages of notes, wrote, there has to be a joke here for how many avocado heads does it take to change a tire? Ooh, love it. I didn't come up with one. So I don't I I say the writing for Brandon was on fire. The writing for Steve was not because immediately Mm-mm. like right before they go over to help the women, like Steve just is like pawn off like, "Oh, I'm not noticing them. They're probably women's libbers." Wrote that down. He's like, "Yeah, I don't I don't want to go over there. They Steven. might be feminists." Jesus Christ. But they go over there. And they're from Canada, and Brandon immediately is like, I know thum- I know something. Hockey. Hockey was, like, that's like the national sport, right? <laughs> so when they introduce them, you know, they're like, oh, we're from Canada. Where are you guys from? And they all say L.A. And I was like, to be fair, only Steve is from L.A. I feel like if Brandon said he was from Minnesota, they would have been like, oh, my gosh, you're like one of us. And yes. then Joe says Pennsylvania, and they'd be like, close enough. Yeah, that's close to sort of to Buffalo, right? We're just close to Canada, right? (laughs) LA's too far from Canada. We don't care. No. And then our ladies have gone to the fruit stand. They come back. Claire's holding grapefruit, I think. I don't know. They were, like, very close to just, like, a suspicious place. Yeah. (laughs) It's like she didn't know what to do with her hands, so she's just, like, boobies. so, yeah, it's like wrapped her arms full yeah. of grapefruit. But they notice their men talking to these women while they change a tire. And this is where that like little hint of jealousy comes out. Mm-hmm. And Claire says, this just reminds me of an old theory I have about men. They're uh, pigs. And the girls are like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we, we see it. Mm-hmm. Evidence. And then sweet little Joe over at the vehicle ends up saying like oh yeah we got dates over there and steve and brandon i'm like they're disappointed question mark like they're so mad i'm like guys like you literally have not just dates but serious relationship serious girlfriends here that was the thing that got me. Joe said dates. And it was like, y'all have been dating each other. Like, Brandon dated Susan through her ex-boyfriend showing back up. Joe dated Donna through his heart problem and her abusive ex-boyfriend. Steve dated Claire through being Steve. Yeah, Steve's managed to hang on to a woman. And he's sitting here being like, how could you tell them about her? I was like, mm-hmm. do you want to lose her? Because this is how you do it. Right. But conveniently, they like before they leave, they end up telling Alice, Becky, and Margaret. I want to make sure I use their names. They're not just the Canadians, although it is convenient. Uh, where they're camping. So, you know, that little seed is dropped like, oh, hey, you know, we're staying here. It's not too far from here. Da 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 da. And then they get to said place. And turns out the Canadians, Alice, Becky, and Margaret, we're just like, oh, that sounds good, and also went there. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a great little pissing contest between the girls, but also, like, 
it's Steve, Brandon, and Joe. Like, you know, they're 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 okay. <laughs> yeah. They're fine. And it's just a whole like these boys are so dumb. I think I'm like a little tired when it comes to like Oh, boys are just like no matter how old they are, no matter what status relationship, you know, they're they're in, they are always going to be distracted by an attractive woman. Honestly, it probably doesn't need even need to be that attractive of a woman. It just has to be a woman. And I I think I'm just a little tired of it because then it perpetuates this idea that women should constantly be pitted against other women for mm-hmm. affection of men. And I'm like but are they that great? If if they're so easily distracted and their attention is so easily grabbed away from you, who they claim to love, are they that, that great? See, yeah, I completely agree because, first of all, Steve is not that great to begin with. Like, no. he's hot and that's literally all he has. That's Sorry, it. Steve. It's true. <laughs> um, you know – Joe's a pretty good guy. He's perfect for Donna, which is, you know, that. But then when even he is doing this thing, like, that just knocks you down. Like, it's not like a, oh, I'm jealous and this is a fun game that we're playing. It's like, no, this is not okay. Exactly. Like, Like, don't get me wrong. This was a fun storyline. I had fun. There's still funny parts. Like, I enjoyed it. I'm just, I'm like, okay, we've done this. We've literally done this this season. Mm-hmm. And now we've done it with all the boys, not just Steve. Like it was, it's one thing if it's just Steve because that's like his mo. But mm-hmm. now I'm like, you're bringing Brandon and Joe into this too. Like, mm. well, and the thing is, like, the only reason that this storyline worked, in my opinion, is because Steve, Brandon, and Joe, like, work the three work well together. Yes. Like they held yes. a scene. Like, wasn't expecting Joe to stand up to this because the only other time we've seen him with just. Steve and Brandon was also with uh, Pilot Man. What's his face? Yes. Um, Jonathan. Jonathan. <laughs> so, like, didn't expect it working out. Mm-hmm. So, like, them on their own by themselves away from women and temptation, quote unquote, was the only thing that worked out here. Because, you know, long story short, the Canadians get the campsite next to them, literally cannot put their tent up to the point that the sun sets and they still can't get their tent up. But the boys see them struggling so much. And literally at this point in my notes, I was calling them the guys at the beginning. And then now it's just like the boys. I oh, can't. yeah. I've got the boys too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're children. They're little babies. <laughs> but like they're literally like, we don't want to go over there. We don't want to help. They've got it. But, like, we should probably go over there and help and, like, see if they're okay. Yeah, like, we're nice guys. Like, we should do this because we're good people. Just rationalizing. Yeah. (laughs) And after, you know, X amount of time, like, literally it's dark out. The girls have been, you know, making s'mores in their own campsite, end up coming over with flashlights, and they're finally ready to call it. To be like, ladies, I think you're missing a pole or two, at which point in my notes I wrote, cough, cough. I mean, also, like, they keep sticking the wrong hole in the wrong pocket. Yeah. Or, no. Yeah. There, there was a lot here, and we all yeah. saw it. We all heard it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and But they're like, you know, 
it's funny because the gals like they don't want to be in this sour mood they don't want to be jealous like i think they're also rationalizing like there's no reason for us to be jealous like it's just them you know Mm -hmm. but donna gets up to go check it she's like "Uh -uh, i'm not about that and gets (laughs) up so the others are like yeah we should go we should go and then which like totally beginning of a horror movie in my opinion (laughs) the girls are like oh we have a place where y'all can stay you guys can come to our tents we have plenty of space and basically kick the boys out to go spend the night in the dodge caravan yep and honestly like i forget whose idea it was i think it was probably claire's let's be real Uh but like definitely perfect chess move here like that Mm -hmm. is what you do you like because I could see what I would have loved to see is, like, all the girls becoming friends, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, getting their numbers and, like, you know, figuring out, like, when to meet up again. And maybe they go on a camping trip together. Like, how cute would that be? I would love that so much. But this is clearly a show about men because yeah. the girls walk away. We never see an interaction with the girls and the Canadian girls. And instead, we just see Joe, Steve, and Brandon over and over again playing buttheads because like immediately joe is like oh we should go apologize steve says we didn't do anything wrong classic steve but then brandon goes we got totally hosed eh (laughs) we just got totally hosed (laughs) oh so good which is also great because jason Priestley is canadian (laughs) and you can see at the end of the scene that Ian Ziering starts like smiling. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, like, is that Steve just smiling or is that Ian Ziering smiling? Because he's just like, oh my God, the Canadian did it. Yeah, I think so. Like, I, yeah, it would not surprise me at all. The next morning, the girls are making breakfast. I'm pretty sure that the grill they're using, while not the exact same Coleman grill, that I own but I feel like it is the same thing and like Coleman has just been releasing the same grill for the last 30 years I mean it's like crock pot right like crock pot's just been releasing the same crock pot (laughs) yeah it was literally like the boys slept in the van and I have that grill (laughs) what's funny though is like the sleeping in that van doesn't look that bad it doesn't and I can really appreciate when Steve gets out of the van and they like superimpose the sounds of him cracking his neck. Mm-hmm. But when Brandon gets out of the van and goes, We have been sleeping in a van down by the river. Wonderful. Like I almost lost it. I don't remember like what year that came out. But if that was improvised, brilliant. If it wasn't, still brilliant. So so good. (laughs) And I'm telling you, it was perfect to have Brandon say it. It had to be Brandon. It can't Mm -hmm. be Steve. It had to be Brandon. And like, I just don't buy that Joe's that funny. Yeah. He's just probably like, "Mm, ah, I'm hungry. (laughs) I really think like one of them does say like, oh, they're making breakfast. Let's go. And then Brandon's like, no, we slept in a van. Oh, man. I do they, love, like, because he calls that a trap. They do go over to see the uh, see the gals, and <laughs> they ask about where the Canadians went to. 
the gals say that they went on a hike and then I think Susan says like, and we're thinking about going on a hike or you guys should go on a hike too or something like that. And Brandon just goes, you take a hike. <laughs> Which like is how I fight. <laughs> yeah. But also like, like he clearly has no insults because he like Brandon knows they messed up. Steve, no, he's never in his mind. He's never done anything wrong ever a day in his life. But Brandon knows like, dang it, I am messing up here. Even though this is a trap, I am over here. Because I know I messed up, and now I'm just I'm digging my hole, and yeah. you go hiking. <laughs> yeah, like he hasn't had his coffee yet. He didn't have great sleep. He comes over, and they're just like, "Oh yeah, we were thinking about taking a nice long hike." And he goes, "Well, you take a hike. I'm like going he, fishing." He, come on, boys. <laughs> he literally says, "Come on, boys." <laughs> like My favorite thing. That's the only good part of this is like, yeah, they know they're wrong. Everyone knows they're wrong because the girls literally as soon as they walk away, they're like, why are they being so stubborn? Because they know they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, this is so relatable. Yes. So relatable. Like lit- the amount of times that I have doubled down on something stupid I did just because I was like, I'm not ready to admit that I shouldn't have dumped all of the laundry on the bed. I'm going to do it. What's funny is, like, the way it's relatable for me is that Nate is Joe. Like, <laughs> like Nate is so innocent, but also just a good guy. I mean, don't get me wrong. He gets defensive about things he actually, like, does do wrong but doesn't want to admit he did it wrong. But for things like this, if this exact scenario happened, Nate would be Joe. He's like, no, I messed up. This is not good. I don't want her to be mad at me. Because, like, even if you, like, poke fun at him for something that he did because he messed up or something and, like, nobody's mad, but we're just trying to poke fun. He's like, but I didn't mean it. Like, stuff like that. Like, one time, like, I don't know, Ariel, if you remember when we were at the beach and he called Madison, Megan's daughter, uh, like, just hanging out with my best girl or something like that. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> And everyone was like, whoa. <laughs> Anytime somebody tried to like make fun of him for saying that later, he's like, I didn't mean it. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, because then didn't he call it like his best, like, oh God, because somehow Noodle came into it. Yes, because he said his like best girl was Madison or something like that at the time. And then I was like, what about Noodle? And he says, like, well, she's my favorite girl or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, wow <laughs> just lower and lower yeah but just like he totally didn't mean it and then he felt so bad afterwards Aww. like he even pulled me aside later and was like can you not joke about that anymore you know what i meant <laughs> baby i know that's what i'm saying he's joe <laughs> meanwhile i feel like i'm like steve over here i'm like i have never done anything wrong in my life you're wrong <laughs> does that make John Clare? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I can Honest, see that. Let's, yeah, let's be honest here. John is Claire. He thinks he's too smart for his own good, and he will call me out on the stupid shit I do. That's fair. But he loves me because I'm hot. And you love John because he's hot? I- I'm trying to think of why Steve <laughs> lo- loves Claire and trying to equate it. <laughs> hot and smart. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> so the guys go fishing, which 
is when they run into the Canadian girls and are just like, well, how are our girls? Not that we care, but like, how are they? But yeah, I mean, you know what? Don't tell us. But like, if you want, how are they? Mm-hmm. And they At which say point- that, oh, they're great. I think they made some new friends. They seem like really nice and also really funny. And oh, weren't they cute? And the boys are getting very riled up and they're like no but we're gonna stay fishing because this is a trap again and we're not gonna fall for this one (laughs) they go what are we men or mice men Men. (laughs) fishing men (laughs) fishing men got me too it got steve in the moment it got me too (laughs) and like it's the timing of it because they're like fishing men we should probably go check it out right yep yeah let's we're just gonna reel it in they're like reeling so fast like just like pull reel pull reel and then you see three bobbers come right out (laughs) and i'm like yeah you guys aren't real not that men can't use bobbers anybody can use a bobber if you feel like it but i feel like if you're a seasoned fisher fishingman you don't use a bobber (laughs) i just really love that they're fishing and the canadian women show up and are like oh what are you using as bait and joe is just like night crawlers (laughs) see this I'm telling you, Nate would do that too. <laughs> I also really love that everyone kept calling the other campers neighbors. Like <laughs> yeah. when they first show up, Joe's like, we only have one neighbor. <laughs> it's like Joe would go to another campsite and introduce himself. That is like how Nate and I figured out how to like not have so much so much bad road rage is we started calling people friend. So literally like somebody cuts us off whoa friend like instead of saying like whoa jerk or whoa asshole we're like whoa friend and yeah so god neat is joe (laughs) (laughs) this is an adorable realization i love it i'm not mad about it and they decide to sneak up on the girls and catch them in the act (laughs) And it's like this weird short little moment where they all have this realization. Like, Brandon's like, oh, I think we're overreacting. And Steve says, we're not overreacting. And then Joe is like, no, but we did something wrong. Yeah. We're the bad. Are we the baddies? Are we the big bad? But it doesn't stop them from climbing a tree with binoculars. Oh, my God. And they're both just like, let me see. Even though they just told them what's happening. Well, let me see. (laughs) I have to see for myself that my girl isn't flirting with someone else. Mm -hmm. And like most boring prank. Like they just get out of the tree. They come over. It's all fine. Everyone apologizes and admits they were all jealous. But I would like to point out that the girls set the picnic table. And that is the cutest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. With like the little cup on the plate. To keep, yeah. like, napkins from flying away. Like, so cute. So cute. Because I was like, man, when we camp, like – so I th- I'm sure I've mentioned this a million times because when John and I camp, I am lazy as hell and I don't want to have to do dishes at a campsite and, like, we don't have the little, like, you know, container to do dishes in. So I'm like, you know what? I have tuna packets and mm-hmm. instant coffee and that's what I'm eating for a week. Like, yeah. mercury be damned. I'm fine. (laughs) And then all of John's friends will show up with like their big Yeti coolers and like a bunch of eggs and steak and snack foods. And then like they will always overcook and our friends will be like, oh my gosh, look, we have all this bacon left. Who wants it? And John and I will show up with our little plates and just be like, please, sir. (laughs) Every time. 
hey, without fail. But then you don't have to plan the bringing of the bacon and the bringing of the, the you know, potatoes and all that stuff. You just get to eat it. Mm-hmm. And we'll always, like, they bring the stuff to do the dishes. So we're like, we'll do your dishes since we ate some of your food. But, like, mm-hmm. I'm not doing this work. Yeah. Literally, like, I have our thing to clean dishes is the container that our dishes come in. So it's the exact size. Uh, so you have to, like, sit there and get, like, real close to it just to clean your dish. I don't clean my dishes. I don't I just, like doing it. I just don't go camping. I, I don't like camping, so I don't do it. <laughs> I love camping. I hate the planning of it all. Yeah, that's fair. So, like, yeah, other people will reserve the campsite, tell me when to be there. John will make the camping list, and I'll just be like, what can we pare down so I don't have to carry it? Mm-hmm. That's how I camp. Well, these folks camp hard. They bring all the things. They were glamping. Um, I do love how the guys were like, so who, who, uh, what are your new friends? What were their names? And they do the whole, like, hook, line, and sinker bit, insinuating mm-hmm. there were no other, <clears throat> there were no other guys. So that was funny. They obviously set them up. Girls admit to be jealous. The boys admit to be jealous. And that they flirted. And they, everybody apologizes. And then they're, like, really cute together because they each kind of do their own cute little couple interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all ends on a happy note. Yeah, that's that's actually how the episode ends is mm-hmm. just them being cute, which is a great change from everything else we saw. Definitely. So, quote of the week. It's an easy one. Okay, I, I'm going to limit myself to, uh, let me get back to it. I am going to limit myself to Brandon saying, we totally got hosed, day," eh? And Brandon saying, you take a hike. We're going fishing. Come on, boys. <laughs> All solid submissions. <laughs> okay, I wrote down stupid shit as usual. Um, the way Kelly asked David to go bowling with them was just very funny to me. She was just like, she put a lot of H's in all of the words. She was just like, wanna go bowling? I can't wanna- fucking do it. It was ridiculous and I loved it, so I wrote it down. Love it. <laughs> Um, then Kelly just being like, you have incredible hands. <laughs> you should be a doctor. <laughs> um, okay. When not Dr. Greg asks Kelly to cool things down, she says, maybe you should have thought of that, thought about that before you asked me out, which girl finally notice that sooner, please. Yes. Um, and then he goes, I probably should have. <laughs> and then makes this face. Oh my god, he looks like Fred Savage there. <laughs> god, and... I can think of other people, but not Greg. I'm like, um, what's his face? Josh Peck? Fred Savage? Okay, no. There, there was a point when I was looking in Google Photos that had Greg, Joe, David, and... 
John Sears, like all in a little quadrant. And I was like, oh my God, are they all the same guy? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. They all have the same stupid dark hair and like a very similar nose, but like not identical. Like if you only put two of them next to each other, it would have been Mm -hmm. fine. But putting all four in this quadrant, I was like, what is happening? That was all my guesses. (laughs) Perfect. So the winner is, oh, sorry, I forgot one. We've been sleeping in a van down by the river. Also good. Also good. <laughs> the winner is absolutely, without a doubt, uh, you take a hike. We're going fishing. Come on, boys. <laughs> Just the fact that he says, come on, boys. It was very Shania Twain, let's go, girls. <laughs> and see, I'm hearing Billy Eichner on the street being like, let's go, lesbians. Yes, 100%. <laughs> all the things. Yes. Just the fact that he calls them boys. Like, Ah, Brandon, you keep getting better and better. Like, what the hell, man? <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh. Mary, what about you? What's your uh, moment of the week? Okay, so this is another really stupid thing, but the packing the van and getting on the road montage, the, the whatever royalty-free song was playing in the background was kind of my favorite thing that I've ever heard. It was so fun. It was fun actually meant to see if I could find out what it was supposed to be. I, yeah, I meant to look that up too, and then I didn't. <laughs> okay, if you were going to put a non-royalty-free song over the packing the van, and it can be from the current era, like it doesn't have to be limited to 1996 music, what would you pick? That is such a good question. That's a very difficult question. Yeah, I don't know how to answer it. We can skip it and cut it out. Or make our viewers tell us. (laughs) Our listeners. (laughs) Do our work for us. (laughs) Yeah, listeners, if you were to put a song over them packing up the van and leaving the peach pit, what song would it be? You can tell us at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at (laughs) gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram, we're there, and Twitter, at Back2Podcast, and tell us there. Or we don't have a TikTok, but you can like make a TikTok and then put it on Instagram as a reel, and then tag us in that. So if you make those sound or music or whatever, that's even cooler and very impressive. Yeah, I wouldn't know how to do that. I'm 32. I don't know how to TikTok. <laughs> I know. I, I'm an old. That is for the yeah. youth. Yeah. But anyway, what's next week, Caitlin? Oh, yeah. Got all thrown out of order. I know. I I skipped (laughs) way ahead. Well, next week we have season six, episode 27, Strike the Match. I'm just going to keep guessing it's something terror related until like the terror thing finally resolves itself because I don't think it's another fire. Oh my god, what if Tara lights a fire to get Kelly scared and like attached to her more emotionally? That would be terrifying. That would be terrifying? Oh, it was there. I love what's happening right now so fucking much. <laughs> but like that's that's my guess. It's got okay. something to do with Tara. 10% chance it's a fire. We'll find out. Yeah, we will. So until next week, do all the things we've already mentioned and go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, 
share it with your friends and family. All that stuff helps us get seen and build a community. And if you leave us a review in Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the show because we really appreciate the things that you do. So until next week, from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm a women's liver. You could use bubble gum as bait. I should have been a surgeon with these hands. Bye. Bye. See ya.